Section 30, Volume 2 of the Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night, translated by Richard Burton. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Filippo Joaquin. The Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume 2, Section 30. When it was the eighty-second night, she said, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that the wazir Dandan continued to bespeak Zaw al-Makan in this wise. And quoth the maiden to thy father, Bishr Barefoot's sister once went to Ahmad bin Hanbal and said to him, O Imam of the Faith, we are a family that spin thread by night and work for our living by day and oftentimes the cressets of the watch of Baghdad pass by, and we on the roof spinning by their light. Is this forbidden to us? Asked Ahmad, Who art thou? I am the sister of Bishr barefoot, answered she. Rejoined the imam, O household of Bishr, I shall never cease to drink full draughts, of piety from your hearts. Quoth one of the sages, When Allah willeth well to his servant, he openeth upon him the gate of action. Malik bin Dinar, when he passed through the bazaar and saw aught he desired, was wont to say, O soul, take patience, for I will not accord to thee what thou desirest. He said also, Allah accept him. The salvation of the soul lies in resistance to it and its damnation in submission to it. Quoth Mansur bin Ammar, I made a pilgrimage and was faring Mecca ward by way of Kufa, and the night was overcast when I heard a voice crying out from the deeps of the darkness, saying, O Allah, I swear by thy greatness and thy glory, I meant not, through my disobedience, to transgress against thee, for indeed I am not ignorant of thee, but my fault is one thou didst foreordain to me from eternity without beginning. So do thou pardon my transgression, for indeed I disobeyed thee of my ignorance. When he had made an end of his prayer, he recited aloud the verse, O true believers, save your souls and those of your families from the fire whose fuel is men and stones. Then I heard a fall, but not knowing what it was, I passed on. When the morning morrowed, as we went our way, behold, we fell in with a funeral train, followed by an old woman whose strength had left her. I asked her of the dead, and she answered, This is the funeral of a man who passed by us yesterday, whilst my son was standing at prayer, and after his prayer he recited a verse from the book of Allah Almighty when the man's gall-bladder burst, and he fell dead. Therewith 
the fourth damsel retired, and the fifth came forward and said, I here will also repeat what occurreth to me regarding the acts of devotees in olden time. Maslamah bin Dinar used to say, By making sound the secret thoughts, sins great and small are covered. And when the servant of Allah is resolved to leave sinning, victory cometh to him. Also quoth he, Every worldly good which doth not draw one nearer to Allah is a calamity, for a little of this word distracteth from a mickle of the world to come, and a mickle of the present maketh thee forget the whole of the future. It was asked of Abu Hazim, Who is the most prosperous of men? And he answered, who suspendeth his life in submission to Allah. The other inquired, And who is the most foolish of mankind? Whoso selleth his future for the worldly goods of others, replied Abu Hazim. It is reported of Moses, on whom be peace, that when he came to the waters of Midian, he exclaimed, O Lord, Verily I stand in need of the good which thou shalt send down to me. And he asked of his lord, and not of his folk. There came two damsels, and he drew water for them both, and allowed not the shepherds to draw first. When the twain returned, they informed their father, Shu'aib, on whom be peace, who said, Haply he is hungry, adding to one of them, Go back to him, and bid him hither. Now when she came to Moses, she veiled her face, and said, My father biddeth thee to him, that he may pay thee thy wage for having drawn water for us. Moses was averse to this, and was not willing to follow her. Now she was a woman large in the back parts, and in wind blowing upon her garment, covered the hinder cheeks to Moses, which when Moses saw, he lowered his eyes and said to her, Get thee behind while I walk in front. So she followed him, till he entered the house of Shu'aib, where supper was ready. And Shahrazad perceived the dawn of day, and ceased to say her permitted say. When it was the eighty-third night, she said, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that the wazir Dandan continued to Zaw al-Makan. Now quoth the fifth damsel to thy sire, When Moses, on whom be peace, entered the home of Shuaib, where supper was ready, Shuaib said to him, O Moses, I desire to pay thee thy wage, for having drawn water for these two. But Moses answered, I am of the household which selleth nothing of the fashion of the next world, for what is on earth of gold and silver. Then quoth Shuaib, 
O youth, nevertheless thou art my guest, and it is my wont, and that of my forebears, to honor the guest by setting food before him. So Moses sat down and ate. Then Shuaib hired Moses for eight pilgrimages, that is to say, eight years, and made his wage marriage with one of his two daughters, and Moses' service to him was to stand for her dowry. As saith the holy writ of him, Verily, I will give thee one of these my two daughters in marriage, on condition that thou serve me for hire eight pilgrimages. And if thou fulfill ten years, it is in thine own breast. For I seek not to impose a hardship on thee. A certain man once said to one of his friends, whom he had not met for many days, Thou hast made me desolate, for that I have not seen thee this long a while. Quoth the other, I have been distracted from thee by Ibn Shihab. Dost thou know you? Quoth his friend, Yes, he hath been my neighbor these thirty years, but I have never spoken to him. He replied, Verily, thou forgettest Allah in forgetting thy neighbor. If thou lovest Allah, thou wouldst love thy neighbor. Knowest thou not that a neighbor hath a claim upon his neighbor, even as a right of kith and kin? Said Huzaifa, We entered Mecca with Ibrahim bin Adham, and Shakik al-Balki was also making a pilgrimage that year. Now we met whilst circumambulating the Kaaba, and Ibrahim said to Shakik, What is your fashion in your country? Replied Shakik, When we are blessed with our daily bread, we eat, and when we hunger, we take patience. This wise, said Ibrahim, to the dogs of bulk. But we, when blessed with plenty, do honor to Allah, and when we hungered, we thank him. And Shakik seated himself before Ibrahim, and said to him, Thou art my master. Also said Mohammed bin Imran, a man once asked of Hatim the deaf, What maketh thee to trust in Allah? Two things, answered he, I know that none save myself shall eat my daily bread, so my heart is at rest as to that, and I know that I was not created without the knowledge of Allah, and am abashed before him. Then the fifth damsel retired, and the ancient dame came forward, and kissing the ground before thy father nine times, said, Thou hast heard, O king, what these all have spoken on the subject of piety, and I will follow their example in relating what hath reached me 
of the famous men of past times. It is said that the Imam al-Shafi'i departed the night into three portions, the first for study, the second for sleep, and the third for prayer. The Imam Abu Hanifa was wont also to pass half the night in prayer. One day a man pointed him out to another as he walked by and remarked, Yonder man watcheth the whole night. When he heard this, Abu Hanifa said, I was abashed before Allah to hear myself praised for what was not in me. So after this he used to watch the whole night. And one of the sages hath said, Who seeketh for pearl in the deep dives deep, Who on high would high robs his night of sleep. Al-Rabi relates that Al-Shafi used to recite the whole Quran seventy times during the month of Ramadan, and that in his daily prayers. Quoth Al-Shafi, Allah accept him. During ten years I never ate my fill of barley bread, for fullness hardeneth the heart, and deadness the wit, and induceth sleep, and enfeebleth one from standing up to pray. It is reported of Abdullah bin Muhammad al-Sakra that he said, I was once talking with Omar, and he observed to me, Never saw I a more God-fearing or eloquent man than Muhammad bin Idris al-Shafi'i. It so happened, I went out one day with Al-Haris bin Labing al-Safar, who was a disciple of Al-Muzani, and had a fine voice, and he read the saying of the Almighty, This shall be a day whereon they shall not speak to any purpose, nor shall they be permitted to excuse themselves. I saw Al-Shafi's color change, his skin shuddered with horripilation, he was violently moved, and he fell down in a fainting fit. When he revived, he said, I take refuge with Allah from the stead of the liars and the lot of the negligent. O Allah, before whom the hearts of the wise abase themselves, O Allah, of thy beneficence accord to me the remission of my sins. Adore me with the curtain of thy protection, and pardon me my shortcomings by the magnanimity of thy being. Then I rose and went away. Quoth one of the pious, When I entered Baghdad, Al-Shafi was there, so I sat down on the river bank to make the ablution before prayer. And behold, there passed me one who said, O youth, make thou fuzu ablution well, and Allah will make it well for thee in this world and in the next.
I turned, and lo, there was a man behind whom came a company of people. So I hastened to finish my ablution and followed him. Presently he turned and asked me, Say, dost thou want aught? Yes, answered I, I desire that thou teach me somewhat of that which Allah Almighty hath taught thee. He said, Know then that whoso believeth in Allah shall be saved, and whoso jealously loveth his faith shall be delivered from destruction, and whoso practiseth abstinence in this word, his eyes shall be solaced on the morrow of death. Shall I tell thee any more? I replied, Assuredly. And he continued, Be thou of the word that is, heedless, and of the word to come, greediest. Be truthful in all thy dealings, and thou shalt be saved with the salvationists. Then he went on, and I asked about him, and was told that he was the Imam al-Shafi. Al-Shafi was wont to remark, I love to see folk profit by this learning of mine, on condition that nothing of it be attributed to me. And Shahrazad perceived the dawn of day, and ceased saying her permitted say. When it was the eighty-fourth night, she said, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that the wazir Dandan continued to Zaw al-Makan. The old woman bespake thy sire, saying, The imam al-Shafi was wont to remark, I love to see folk profit by this learning of mine, on condition that nothing of it be attributed to me. He also said, I never disputed with any one, but I would that Almighty Allah should give him the knowledge of the truth and aid him to dispread it. Nor did I ever dispute with any one at all, but for the showing forth of the truth. And I reck not whether Allah manifested by my tongue or by his. He also said, Whom Allah accept. If thou fear to grow conceited by thy lore, then bethink thee whose grace thou seekest, and for what good thou yearnest, and what punishment thou dreadest. It was told of Abu Hanifa that the commander of the faithful, Abu Jafar al-Mansur, had appointed him kazi and ordered him a salary of ten thousand dirhams. But he would not accept of this. And when the day came on which the money was to be paid him, he prayed the dawn prayer, then covered his head with his robe and spoke not. When the caliph's messenger came with the money, he went in to the imam and accosted him, but he would not speak to him. 
So the messenger said, Verily, this money is lawfully thine. I know that it is lawfully mine, replied he, but I abhor that the love of tyrants get a hold upon my heart. Asked the other, If thou go in to them, canst thou not guard thyself from loving them? Answered Abu Hanifa, Can I look to enter the sea without my clothes being wet? Another of Al-Shafi's saying, Allah accepting, is, O soul of mine, and thou accept my reed, thou shalt be wealthy and of grace entire. Cast off ambitious hopes and vain desires, how many a death was done by vain desire. Among the sayings of Sufyan al-Tawri, with which he admonished Ali bin al-Hasan al-Salami, was, Be thou a man of truth, and wear lies and treachery and hypocrisy and pride. Be not indebted, save to him who is merciful to his debtors. And let thine associate be one who shall dissociate thee from the world. Be ever mindful of death, and be constant in craving pardon of Allah, and in beseeching of Allah peace for what remaineth of thy life. Counsel every true believer when he asketh thee concerning the things of his faith, and beware of betraying a believer, for whoso betrayeth a believer betrayeth Allah and his apostle. Avoid dissensions and litigations, and leave that which causeth doubt in thee, for things which breed no doubt. So shalt thou be at peace. Enjoin beneficence and forbid malevolence. So shalt thou be loved of Allah. Adorn thy inner man, and Allah shall adorn thine outer man. Accept the excuse of him who excuseth self to thee, and hate not any one of the Muslims. Draw near unto those who withdraw from thee, and excuse those that misuse thee. So shalt thou be the friend of the prophets. Let thine affairs, both public and private, be in Allah's charge, and fear him with the fear of one who knoweth he is dead, and who fareth towards resurrection and judgment stead between the hands of the Lord of dread. And remember that to one of two houses thou art sped, either for heaven's eternal or to the hell fires that burn. Thereupon the old woman sat down beside the damsels. Now when thy father, who hath found mercy, heard their discourse, he knew that they were the most accomplished of the people of their time. And seeing their beauty and loveliness, and the extent of their wisdom and lore, he showed them 
all favors. Moreover, he turned to the ancient dame and treated her with honor, and set apart for her and her damsels the palace which had lodged Princess Abriza, daughter of the king of Greece, to which he bade carry all the luxuries they needed. They abode with him ten days, and the old woman abode with them. And whenever the king visited them, he found her absorbed in prayer, watching by night and fasting by day. Whereby love of her took hold upon his heart, and he said to me, O Wazir, verily this old woman is of the pious, and awe of her is strong in my heart. Now, on the eleventh day, the king visited her, that he might pay her the price of the damsels. But she said to him, O king, know that the price of these maidens surpasseth the competence of men. Indeed, I seek not from them either gold or silver or jewels, be it little or much. Now when thy father heard these words, he wondered and asked her, O my lady, and what is their price? Whereto she answered, I will not sell them to thee, save on condition that thou fast, watching by night a whole month, and abstaining by day all for the love of Allah Almighty. And if thou do this, they are thy property to use in thy palace as thou please. So the king wondered at the perfection of her rectitude in piety and abnegation. She was magnified in his eyes, and he said, Allah make this pious woman to profit us. Then he agreed with her to fast for a month, as she had stipulated, and she said to him, I will help thee with the prayers I pray for thee, and now bring me a goglet of water. They brought one, and she took it and recited over it, and muttered spells, and sat for an hour, speaking in speech no one understood or knew aught thereof. Lastly, she covered it with a cloth, and sealing it with her signet ring, gave it to thy sire, saying, When thou hast fasted the first ten days, break thy fast on the eleventh night with what is in this goglet, for it will root out the love of the word from thine heart, and fill it with light and faith. As for me, tomorrow I will go forth to my brethren, the invisible controls, for I yearn after them, and I will return to thee when the first ten days are past. Thy father took the goglet and arose and set it apart in a closet in his palace. Then locked the door, and put the key in his pocket. The next day the king fasted, and the old woman 
went her ways. And Shahrazad perceived the dawn of day, and ceased saying her permitted say. End of section 30 of the Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume 2 Recording by Filippo Joaquin